0: All right, we are back uh, with another another installment of um, Accepting the Challenges. Uh, today's uh, guest is a gentleman that has a pretty interesting career, so I think he's going to be able to give you some insight both from maybe a coach's standpoint, to a teacher standpoint and now from an administration standpoint um so we we definitely welcome uh dr tim powers into uh into accepting the challenges uh uh dr powers if you will um share a little bit about um who you are kind of your journey through life and maybe kind of how or what led you into to education sure
1: Thanks, thanks, Shane, for uh, having me on. Uh, it's a great opportunity to to share thoughts and talk about this stuff. Um, so, I, I grew up in southern New Hampshire, um, and I came up from a, a family of educators. And um, you know, it kind of kid myself, I think, for a part of my life thinking I wanted to do something different. Uh, but then, upon graduating from college, realized that uh, education was what I wanted to be in, and uh, was fortunate after working for a tech company for a year, was able to get my first teaching job teaching. Uh, high school math um, at the high school I graduated from and started teaching and coaching right off the bat and, and fell in love with it and, and thought I that's all I ever wanted to do was just teach and coach. And, you know, life takes you on a journey and and that. So I, uh, um, through coaching, got into being an athletic director. Um, and at the, the second school that I was at, I was a part-time athletic director, a part-time teacher. So did that for a few years. And then um, a full-time athletic director job opened up at Pickerton Academy where I am now. And I did that here for about six years and then the dean of students position opened up and um, did that for about a year and a half and then the previous headmaster here uh, left mid-year and I was asked to fill in and I jumped in and uh, you know loved the the new challenge in that so I've been doing that for uh, a little over two and a half years now um, on that so climbed the role had some different uh, different chances different opportunities to to work with many different people in, in education not only locally and um, you know but across the state and the region and that so it's been a it's been a good journey so far. Lots of lots of different challenges, but you know, working with great people and that. So it's uh, it, it's been fun and interesting. And you know, being a parent now, having a child that's in you know into the education system, it's a you know whole nother perspective of it all. I uh, was going through it, you know, going through it as a student and then working, and and then now being a parent, seeing all
0: the different phases of of what education is. A- absolutely was there was there where do you think you were always destined to go into education or was this because sometimes i hear two different stories i hear hey you know these people impacted me or my my parents and then then there's the other story of well i just kind of fell into it what, what kind of what, what what was your what was your journey into education
1: um i i think i was always destined in the sense like I was i was definitely impacted by my parents uh, my mom was a teacher my dad uh, went to school to be to be a teacher and then his career path took him, took him a different way into, into business and that. But, uh, you know, his approach with everything was always, you know, through, through a teacher's eyes. Um, My grandparents, my my mom's mom and dad were both teachers. Uh, So, uh, you know, we had educators throughout our, throughout our, our family and that, and uh, you know, I think I had great, I was fortunate. I had some great teachers and coaches growing up that uh, you know, really impacted me and and helped me along the way. uh, And that so, I think just, you know, working with them. And, and then when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to coach. So coaching and, and working with uh, with younger kids at that point in time really uh, let me know that, that that's what I wanted to to work and, and be, you know, be in and um, be involved with. And I'm the oldest of five and um, all my other siblings, they're all in education, either, you know, college professors or uh, high school, you know, teachers or administrators or, you know, teaching yoga and things like that. So we're kind of it's kind of become the family business that we're all you know spread across the country and that but we're all involved in education so
0: awesome so you've just naturally had this desire to want to to want to give back because that's I mean let's you know let's let's be honest teaching is uh you know a very thankless job sometimes um you know being an educator you don't uh you're never gonna make everybody happy uh you know you're always you know mom and dad always you know love their child and see things maybe a little bit different than you do. Um so that's that that's that that's really interesting. Um so so what were there let me ask you this what you mentioned there were differences you you notice you have a different aspect or perception on education now that you have a child. Um what are some of those things that maybe you didn't realize before you had a kid in the education system and now you have a child in the education. What are some of those things that kind of stuck out to you or caused you to maybe step back and analyze yourself or analyze what, you know, what you're teaching and what you're sharing?
1: I think one of the big things is is just the perception and and how you receive things. Um, you know, being in the different roles, it's, you know, it's always been, you know, th- these are the things we do and this is how we do it and having a good understanding and of it and that and my daughter is in a different, different district than, than I work in and, uh, and that so you know hearing from her standpoint of what it's like to go to school and what it's like to hear things from the teacher and what are, what are the important pieces and to see the communications in that and it's it's nice to have a, a behind the scenes perspective of things but it's also nice to hear it for the first time from a different uh, you know from a different person a different group and and to look at it from a different lens and that and I think that's helped me grow as an individual to, you know, to really be able to realize like, you know, like when a parent says this or, or a child says this here, like now I, like I know now as a parent, like, okay, this is the perspective that they're looking at it. And I think it's, it's helped me to become better in in communicating and working and trying to meet, you know, the different needs.
0: A- absolutely. And that's, you know, especially coming from your daughter, you know, I've got, I've got two daughters, so I've got five kids and, you know, they, uh, they don't hold any punches when they, uh, when they give you critique on something. And, uh, and, 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 and I would guess that it's a pretty unbiased feedback that you're getting from her because she's in a different district. She's not directly, commu- you know, giving you critique on your job. So I would, I would, I would definitely see where that has some value. Right. Um, you know, and, and I think you're right. I mean, even I do that as a parent, right? I've, well, I've done it as a parent, so I've got I've got two kids who are um, in university now. And then I've got um, a 13 year old, a nine year old and a three year old. And there are things that I've taken from feedback as a dad uh, from my oldest, two, And I definitely do things differently and I apply things differently to the younger ones. Um, and that's just a, I'm, I'm sure the older ones look at it and say I'm showing favorites or I'm not as hard or I'm I'm not as tough. But it's you know, we're, we're all learning in this thing called life. And, um, you know, what, what, what are, do you, do you share, do you share some of that with your, uh, with your staff? Like, Hey, you know, this is, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I heard. Hey, I thought about this.
1: Yeah, I I do. Like this, this past week, we, um, you know, we had all of our employees came back. So we had our our full staff meeting and that. And, and then, in in when I, when I talked to him in that, I usually at some point reference you know, uh, my daughter, my family, or, you know, something like that, uh, you know, things that like I've heard from her or learned from her, um, you know, feedback, um, you know, just as a perspective of, you know, this is what it's like for, for children or for others going through it at that point in time. Like, you know, she's you know, we've we, with the setting we've been in, we've had to do a lot more videos and things like this. And, and yesterday I was on a webinar and um, she watched it. And the first thing she said to me when I got home is, Dad, you need to smile a lot more. <laughs> I said yeah oh, you're right you're right I know I do you know it's it's a you know comfort level thing getting getting used to in uh getting better at that but uh you know some of it's just the things that are you know they're they're brutally honest with and and just sharing sharing those things is like you know these are things like I know I have to work on in that as an as a professional and as an individual and these relate to things that we do you know here across campus and in in our classrooms and in our jobs and that and you know hearing it from others it's 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 good feedback so
0: a- absolutely and and while while I don't know you you know outside of you know the time we've been talking you definitely have an energy and a tone about you to where um you know ego isn't what's driving you in in what you're doing um because it take now those of us that have daughters we also know that you can be the you can be the roughest, toughest, meanest guy in the world. And, you know, when your daughter daughter snuggles up next to you and she tells you she loves you and then she looks at you and says, hey, can I go get a brownie when you told her she couldn't have one or whatever. Right. You know, you know, we all we all know how that goes. So, right. um, you know, so I guess share with me a little bit about where 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 you work now um, in regards to the school, maybe some of the core values and kind of what you guys do there at Pinkerton Academy. Sure.
1: Um, So at Pinkerton, we're um, an independent school um, in uh, southern New Hampshire. Uh, We serve uh, grades 9 to 12, um, and we are like a town academy. So we have contracts with six towns um, that send their students to us. So for for those six towns, we're essentially they're like public high school. So it's an easy way to put it. Um, But with those six towns, we have uh, roughly about 3,300 students um, on our campus. So um, we're the we're the largest high school in the state of New Hampshire, or um, the largest independent school in in New England, uh, in that. So we're in, in one of the biggest ones throughout the country in that. So it's it's a good size as a campus. You know, we have you know eighteen buildings that the kids take you know, classes in and that. Um, so it it's it's very unique in that sense, and it gives them a, a good feel of you know what it's like to, to you know to go on to college or to university or something else after that with
0: the setting we have. Um, is that is that K through twelve? No, just nine through twelve. Nine through twelve. you have thirty three hundred high schoolers we do. On yes. Holy yeah. cow, that is very much like a university. it is. it is, and it's in between pat and passing time when you that's the
1: time we can see the the kids going from one building to the next and that you see how how many students are there and that and and then one of the highlights which unfortunately the situation we're in right now, we won't get to this this fall is but our, our fall pep rally, and you get you know thirty three hundred kids plus. Uh, you know three four hundred adults in the in our field house and that and the place is rocking and the school spirit and that's it's it's pretty cool it's pretty 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 yeah nice
0: i I, I have a i have a he's actually one of my best friends he's like a brother to me um he is a he's a headmaster and principal uh been a long time over in australia and um he uh he, he he's you 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 remind me a lot of him uh so after this i'm gonna connect you guys because he's a he's a he's a he's a great guy Um, Does a lot of speaking at the World Education Conference, Um, been a headmaster at a massive, massive private school um, in Brisbane, Australia. And um, now he works. Now he is a principal at an indigenous um, school called Himba Yumba. And, um, you know, they they do a lot lot of the traditions. And that's what I like about a school uh, when it comes to traditions. Right. I, I went to a high school, Bowling Green High School in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, I think when I was there, we had 800 or so students, um, we're a city, we were a city, we we're the only city school surrounded by three or four, uh, county schools. And, but we had, there was a lot of tradition, you know, your tradition is instilled from the time you're in kindergarten. You're our mascot were the purples. So, yep. so we were, we were, you know, we were a purple. And I think, I think those traditions are, are, they're, they're important, right? And, and, and we talk about university, um, you know, it's that set, you're like, one thing you don't get that I have seen in my time of traveling around the world is America is unique because high schools and education institutions have rivalries. And while it looks probably intimidating to some people who don't grow up in these things and see, there are actually benefits and things that come out of it from a competition standpoint, from a confidence standpoint, from, these different things so it sounds like you guys have some of that there at Pinkerton
1: yeah we do we uh you know traditions one of our um one of our big things I mean we have you know we've been around for over 200 years and I mean we've, I've talked to alums that graduated you know 30 40 50 plus years ago and they talk about their senior corn roast and that and that's something we still do every year you know so there are things that they did as students decades ago that we're still doing um you know it's we have a chance we bleed red and white every day and every night. And you can talk to any, you know, anyone that's been to Pinkerton, like they know it and that you start it and they can just chime right in with it. Um, we have a great rival with our, our neighboring town, Londonderry. Uh, they, you know, back in the seventies used to come to Pinkerton before they created their own high school. So, um, we've, we've got a, a Mac plaque that's in the fall and play for a different trophy every, every season and that, but you know, the Mac plaque in the fall weekend, it's, you know, it's great to get you know thousands of fans that come out to the games and, and cheer on the, the, the each school and that so it's you know, a lot of rivalries and traditions that are that are great to be a part of
0: man that's that that's awesome and it's and it's and it's co-ed it's boys and girls correct yep awesome yep. Boys awesome. And girls so yeah so you guys so you guys you guys it sounds like you guys have a, a really strong alumni that you kind of lean on for support and I would say probably not just financially but also you know mentoring and things like that so um man yep. you, I yeah, didn't know these things about your school, and i it, It's pretty cool to learn about.
1: Yeah, we yeah we have a great alumni base, and they're, you know, they they they're vast. We have over you know thirty thousand alums, and you know the different things that they're involved in, from you know working in in Hollywood to you know working for Nike to you know Merrill Lynch, big companies, um, but then also ones that are that are local that own their own you know businesses um, and things like that. Uh, so there's connections across the country, and that. So we try to. You know working on building those relationships, making them even stronger, and connect our current students to to them so that way that you know if they're they have a path that they're looking to go, that they can talk to someone who you know is an alum, they, they're from the area, they know what it's like, and also know what it takes to get to where they are. And and can see if it's you know it's something that they really want to pursue, or you know, it's okay, I thought I like this, but I want to try something different. Uh, and that's so. A-
0: So, so does, do these traditions, so obviously, you know, we discussed a little bit about how they positively create an environment for the students. Uh, What about your staff? Does it, does that create a a sense of camaraderie and uh, involvement and engagement with your staff as well? Yes.
1: Yeah. So it's great. Like, especially like during spirit week, you know, seeing the staff that that take part in, you know, in the different themes, you know, whatever it is from, you know, Hawaiian day to, uh, you know, superhero day or you know, yeah. it culminates with red and white day. So, you know, they, they, everyone's dressed in red and white. Um, so they really, you know, really get involved with that. And you know, I think we're very fortunate, very fortunate to work with the the faculty and staff that we have here. I mean, they're very dedicated and, and great people in that. And I think the the piece that kind of sums up for me is like every year we have a um, a faculty staff appreciation dinner. And when we, we uh, recognize our longevity, and every, every year that i've been here and i've been here for over a decade now you know we have people that are recognized for 30 35 40 45 years um that they've been here so wow you know, i think that says something about the school that people you know stay for that length of time your
0: your turnover isn't normal compared to other schools or other uh, other other institutions then
1: right right yeah we get to you know people stay here and that uh, that's
0: in, in, man that's um yeah, man. So, so what do you like, what, what are, what are some things then that you look for? Cause obviously you're essentially what we're discussing is your culture, right? So mm-hmm. it's your, it's, it's, it's the culture at your school, both from a, from a stat. Now you obviously don't get to choose the kids that come in, they come in. So you, you kind of have to mold them a little bit more. Um, but you definitely get to choose the staff, right? right. Um, what are some things that you guys look for when when you're look, because it's I'm, I'm assuming you're not hiring a lot of teachers every year, um, you know, so so when you get to be a little bit more picky, uh, which which doesn't necessarily make it easier. Right. right. So because we all know one bad apple can, you know, can can ruin the bunch. So what are some things that you look for as as a leader, as an administrator to make sure that it fits your culture?
1: I, I think the always you, know, you look for good people, like you people that are in which which you know educators are. They're they're good people because they they're getting in for the for the right reason. Um, you know, for working with students, working with kids, and and giving back and making a difference in people's lives. So, you know, I think fundamentally that that's the, one of the big things is looking for for good people that are gonna fit in and they're gonna work with with the students and having the focus be on the students and, and helping them to make the gains that they they can. While they're spending their time here, so my biggest thing always was is when I make hires is looking at um, you know hiring people that in that can do the job and let them do the job. So you know I hire you know hire administrator, like we've you know recently hired a you know a new dean of students a do new dean of faculty, finance administrator, and associate dean of students and department heads in that, and it's it's finding that right person in that and then empowering them to do the job that they have. Um, you know, so we hired a new social studies department head. You know, getting them they're the right person there that's going to work within the department and knowing that they're the first person that's going to screen and and look to bring in new social studies teachers. So, you know, making sure that we get the right person there that's going to look and find someone that, you know, the people that have the personality that can fit within the department um, you know, be a, be a good person. They're going to, they're going to, you know, buy into everything that we're doing as far as, you know, the education and best practices and, and that piece there um, and know that, you know, teaching, coaching, things like that, like, you know, a good teacher can they can teach like they're going to make that connection with the kids. They're going to they're going to um, teach them the, the course that they need to teach and and uh, what it, whatever the curriculum is. And that so you get a good one, like they're going to make the difference in the lives of the students and that. And they understand that building those connections and the rapport with the students is, is where it starts. You, know, you can be the you can be the smartest person. You can know the you know, the ins and outs of finite math, but you can't connect and relate with kids it's not going to make a difference.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and it's, and it's really cool to hear you lay that out. So that's essentially the type of people you're bringing in and you're looking for. That's also how you're doing it. Um, so, so it's, 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 it's pretty cool to see how that culture kind of trickles down with, which, which we know, I mean, there's study after study after study shows that however your culture is at the top is what it's going to be at the bottom. And, um, you know, that, I guess that that's, that's really cool to hear that. I, I'm, I, it's not, it's unfortunately in education, it's not as prevalent, um, as, you know, as, as it should be. And, um, you know, to hear, you know, to hear you say things like, Hey, I want to hire you. I'm not here to micromanage. I want you, I trust you to do the job. I trust you know how to do it. Let's work together. I'm here if you need me, you know, you know, and having, having been a leader, having, having had an international company and those different things, I can tell you that people on the outside who don't understand that sometimes that's interpreted as lazy. Sometimes that's interpreted as he doesn't care. Um, but you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's so necessary because none of us want to be micromanaged, right? Like, right. um, you know, I'm, I'm married, right? When I go to do a work, the last thing I want is my wife standing over me telling me, well, you're, you know, you should have done it this way. Or, you know, if you did it, this, it, we're, it's not going to work. We're not, right. we're not like, I'm, I'm probably going to just say here, if you'd like to do it, go ahead and do it because I'm not going to do it right now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, so in your time, let's, let's, let's go back a little bit uh, to in your time as an educator. Um, what is something actually, let's do this. Um, what would Dr. Powers say to his first year education self in his first year from now back to then? What 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 what, what, what advice would you give yourself in your first year uh, back in education?
1: I think the first thing I'd say to myself is, man, you really stink as a teacher and you get a lot of work to do. <laughs> I think I look back at that first year and it's like, wow, like... You know, I, you know, learned and grown and um, so much from that. And I think that's, you know, I think that's an important piece of, of being an educator is continuing to learn and grow in and, and that. And I think just share it with yourself like that, you're going to make mistakes. You're, you're not going to be perfect in the classroom. You know, you can strive for perfection, but, you know, just make progress every day. Just get better every day at what it is you're doing and, you know, really focus on those relationships with the students um, because, you know, I taught high school math and, uh, you know, every, every kid that walks into a math class loves math.
0: So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I uh, you see so you actually don't see it. So, uh right there I actually have my transcript up. And I'm I'm very open um cuz I believe education is one of those things where it and and I understand why, but we each individual learns differently and adapts differently and you know goes through things. And it's funny because I don't think yeah, I'm pretty certain so algebra two is the only is the highest math class that I took. I took it my senior year. I got a 63, a 62. Yeah, I got a 63 and a oh, actually that's not true. Yeah, I got a 63 and a 62. And for me, it wasn't that I wasn't smart, you know. I went on and was doing the books for a multi million dollar company and you know, putting together board reports and all these different things. It wasn't that I was incapable. I just didn't care. Uh, you, you're telling me something that, um, you know, you're telling me that I have a calculator here, but we, you can't use a calculator, but it's 2020 and I have an app that I can pull my camera out and I can hold it over the the math problem now. And it actually breaks it all down for me and shows it me. And I don't know if I was just ahead of my time or, I just did. I, I, it just never made sense because if you can't rationally give me an honest answer, why I can't use this calculator during the test? What is the purpose of having the calculator, right? right. And you know, so it's like so, so I can understand that. I, math, I couldn't even. Oh, I can't. Yeah. T- I, I how so? I'm, I'm okay. I'm. I'm actually going to put you on the spot here. Sure. Being a, being a math teacher, there's going to be some math teachers that are that are going to listen to this. What are some things you did to connect and get that engagement out of some of these students that were hard to reach as a math teacher?
1: I always told them. I start off by saying in math, all we're going to do this year in math is we're going to add and we're going to think. And that's it. That's all we're going to do. And that and they were scratch it. We're going to subtract. I said, yes, subtraction is just adding a negative because it's still adding. Yeah, you know, Everything's going to build off of that and try to break it down to that piece there. And then, you know, the, obviously there's some students that, uh, you know, bought in off of that. And then others that it took a little more, but it, I, it was always just working on building that relationship with that, with the students and making that connection. And it clicked for me, my first year teaching, when we were doing the, in geometry, we were doing the Pythagorean theorem and I had one student, I just, I couldn't connect with at all. And that we did this and that, and he came in, um, after the weekend and he's just like, it's like, Mr. Powers, I get it. I go, I, I get it. And I said, well, what do you get? And he goes, this weekend, my dad's a builder. He had me working on the project. We're building the shed. and He's got the Pythagorean theorem drawn up as he's figuring out the angles. And that he goes, he goes, that's the math. And that, and it was like, that's it. Like that's, that's the connection he needed. And that, so now it was like, to me, it was now go back to every one of my students, find out what's important to them. What are the things that they connect with and then relate the math to them so that they can see it uh, through something that makes sense to them
0: absolutely um the cool I actually recently saw a video somewhere where a math teacher was doing that uh with video games and they were you know they were showing how math is involved and, and I've, i'm way i'm nowhere near the mathematician to to be able to articulate it back to you but it was showing you how certain things in these popular video games these kids and they were showing mess so they were taking screenshots and they yeah. were drawing out things and showing and i was like this is genius Like. It's not in the curriculum that they're giving you to say, do it, but it is how you're going to reach and connect and get to these young people. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that, that's an interesting thing. Was there ever a time or even now, I guess, an administrator where, um, you had that kid and you were like, ah, I can't do this. This is, this, this is my breaking point. Um, you know, I, I'm not built for this.
1: I don't know if I've ever gotten, like, I mean, there's definitely been days and there's challenges. And sure. And I think every time I get nearer to that, I always try to take a step back and and just think, well, you know, something's going on with this kid. Like, this kid needs something. And maybe I'm not the one and I can't make that connection with him, but I've got to find someone because he, he or she needs, they're crying out for something. They, they, need to, they need to connect with an adult. They need to, you know, build that rapport and, and um, you know, th- they're worth the work you know, you know, they're worth that extra mile and getting them connected with it. So there are definitely days when it was frustrating in class with a, you know, student not getting it or always asking, you know, the, when am I ever going to need this question? And, you know, for math or, or now like, you know, students that are, they're struggling or they're like, I, you know, I'm just waiting till I turn 18 and I can drop out or, you know, things along those lines. So it's, you know, trust, you know, and going and seeing okay well what is it like you know what is it that this kid wants to do next you know where where's their life going to take them and you know what are the things that we can connect and help you know help them make a connection so that way even if it's not now maybe it's five years from now and they they draw back on it and and that's what's something that helps them to to get through life and that because you know at the end of the day they walk through the doors and they come on campus and that and we don't know everything about what's going on at home for them you know what kind of morning did they have um you know was it you know, did their, their boyfriend or girlfriend just break up with them or did mom or dad lose their job or, you know, was someone in the family sick or something like that? And,
0: or even worse.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, are they, are they homeless now? Like we have, yeah, you know, we have, we have students that live in, you know, multi million dollar homes and, and we have homeless students. So we have wow. a wide variety as far as that's concerned. So that, so, you know, there, there are students that come in and the only meal they're going to eat is, is breakfast and lunch when they, they come to school. So, you know, it's, you know, for, for those for those kids like you know doing their math homework is is very low on their priority list and that no so, doubt.
0: I can yeah. I can relate yeah yeah. Um, yeah you yeah, know it so yeah it's like a survive, like you know it's and that's, i guess and, and what i try to what, you know I, I i do talks and um you know when i when i speak to educators or you know sometimes when it's over and we're kind of talking out to the side and you know like well how do you you know how do you know when you know, how, you know, how did teachers know when you were going, I was like, look, it, the easiest way to look at it is there's not a 12 year old on the planet that wakes up and is just a jerk just to be a jerk. Like it, it, it is, it literally does not happen. So there is a, there is a, there is a cause for this behavior, um, warranted or unwarranted. There is a cause for the behavior. And, um, you know, that's where, you know, teaching very much, um, is as much counseling and and therapy even in a lot of ways you know i i can remember you know I, I mean i can i can remember as a kid coming into school and you know different things happening at home and just looking forward to that one teacher's class where we had a good time and he was always cutting up or you know it was always there was laughter always involved um you know in 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 his teaching and man, it just makes a difference because, um, you know, I don't, doesn't matter where you're at, whether it's Kentucky or New Hampshire or, you know, England, uh, you know, these kids are not waking up, uh, to just be a jerk. Right. Right. This there's, there's something, there's something going on in their lives that's causing that.
1: And I you think know, the same is true for us as adults. Like, you know, we, <laughs> Absolutely. we don't wake up in the morning and say, Oh, you know what? I'm going to be a jerk today. And, and, and that something triggers it. And, you know, sometimes it's self-reflecting to see why we're, you know, why were we show it with someone or, you know, what's going on that caused us. And it's realizing the same thing. Like kids are going through it too. Like, you know, they, they aren't waking up to be a jerk that something's caused them to, to be in that mood or something's going on. And, you know, we got to, we got to try to work with them to, you know, give them that safe spot or make that connection that they have, um, you know, time where they can forget about some of the other stuff and just, you know, just be a kid or just be in a class and, and enjoy it.
0: Are you, are you familiar with the, the speaker and writer Brene Brown? Yes. Yep. So, I just, so, uh, just read so, her book. Well, one of her books. Uh, yeah. So, so I don't, I don't remember what book it's from. So four or five years ago, I actually got to see her talk uh, in person. I was in Boston at the convention and I got to see her talk in person. And and, and it's funny you talk about this and I, and I've, I've shared this again with educate just to try and give them some context. She tells two stories and one, and I'll kind of zip through them. One is, her and her husband, they were out on vacation somewhere in Texas where they grew up. He was he was he was like a a professional swimmer, like a yeah. distance swimmer. And they got up before the kids got up and were going for a swim. And it was like, oh, I'm you know, I'm I'm going to enjoy life. The quiet time, as us parents call it, you know, the, the, no, nobody asking you for something to eat or asking you to fix something. And they get out and they swim and she said he swims out a little bit and he kind of pops up and she he's he's close enough where she can talk to him and she's like hey you know this really means a lot to me I'm so glad we're able to have this time I love you so much these different things he doesn't say anything after a few seconds goes back underwater swims again pops up you know she says it again like maybe he didn't hear me doesn't say anything after the third or fourth time in her head she's like our marriage is over. Like he da- he won't engage with me, you know, in this short instance, right? Of, right. you know, and then he comes back or whatever. And she's like, I got to say something like, and she's like, are you, I can't remember the words she said, but some of the effect of like, do you not love me anymore? Or is there, is there an issue? And he's like, what are you talking about? Right. And she was like, well, I've said something. And he was like, I was, because they count, swimmers count their breasts. Right. And he was like, almost drowned. He's like, I was struggling and counting my breath. And he was like, I I was almost, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So two different, you know, perceptions of reality going on. And then she tells the other story of she was in a meeting, giving a meeting and there's a gentleman and he's just kind of on his phone and he's shaking his head and the whole time. And she's talking and she's thinking, man, this, this guy's checked out. Like he does, he's not respecting me. You know, he, he's not respecting his peers. She walks out of the meeting and they're going two different ways. He's like, wait a second. So she walks up and she was like, you know, what's the deal? Like, are, you know, do we need to sit down and have a chat? Like what, you know, is something going on? Like, why are you disrespecting me? And he's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, today's the first day I left my kids at home by themselves. My wife's working, I'm working. I told him not to bother me in case of an emergency they're blowing me up, telling me what everybody, I'm so sorry. And again, she was like, "Ah, I feel like, you know, crap because I didn't, you know, I didn't understand. And and I think we do that a lot. Um, Empathy for understanding others, um, you know, in, even in today's society and what we're dealing with and a lot of, um, you know, it's, it's a prevalent thing, right? The, the conversation of, of, of racial inequality and injustices going on and, Uh, really those things come back to having an empathy if you if you want to understand where somebody's coming from and i believe it is a key component to being um to being a top 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 quality top quality leader for sure yeah yeah
1: you definitely you definitely need that empathy and 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 just be kind like that's you know, be kind to each other because you don't know. You don't know what it is, what's going through their mind or, or that. like that, that. Those stories that you just said from Brene Brown there, I, when I remember reading those and it was like I, thinking of perfect times where that's happened to me where it's just you, you're reading someone and you're reading them completely wrong and that. And it's like you, you go back, you have the conversation afterwards and, you know, like it feel like a heel because like I read it completely wrong and, you know, based on what they were, were going through or doing in that and, you know, just remind you to, to take pause find out what really is going on before you rush to a judgment.
0: Absolutely. And even more so as an educator, right? That kid's coming in. And, um, I mean, I, I guess it it blows my mind, even that sometimes educators don't understand that. And they, you know, they see a kid and it's like, look, most adults are struggling with emotional intelligence and how to deal with their emotions. If you're expecting this 14 year old kid who's going through puberty and dealing with whatever he's doing with the home, if you expect him to do that, like we, like you're, I appreciate the respect, but the expectation is way, way off base. Right, right. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot, a lot going on. A lot, yeah. a lot of learning and growing to do. A- absolutely. Um, what are some lessons you've learned in the classroom that you were able to carry over, um, into coaching?
1: Um, I, I think the, my first, one of my first years teaching and that my department had told me, um, you know like coachings teaching teachings coaching like if you can coach and you can coach well then you can teach and teach well like you, you need to take what there, there were things I was doing while coaching that I wasn't doing while teaching and she told me you know bring that to the classroom um and 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 a lot of it it really revolved back to that building relationships and, and rapport with the students and you know the the being prepared and going through um going through everything with them in, in different angles and um you know, Seeing it from different perspectives, so that way they they could understand it. That it wasn't just the you know this is the only way you do it and you you have to do it this way and that's it kind of thing. It's you know you you show it to them. You can show it to them ten ways, and that and it may not work, but that eleventh way is is going to be the one that clicks. Like, don't give up. Keep keep working with them and and that. So that's the same. You know, coaching wise, the same thing. Like you you don't give up on the kid. You keep working with them. You keep showing them different ways and and different things like that, and eventually you know
0: it clicks absolutely absolutely and that's you know I, I i it's why some people like you know coke and some people like sprite you know so you know every, everybody has a that the beauty of humans is we all are different um yeah. and and but we're all the same and but we're all but we're all different um let let me i'm let, let me let me give you a scenario you walk into a classroom it's your first day at a new school you walk in you've got 30 students sitting in the classroom. How do you connect with them?
1: Uh, right off the bat, I, I, mean, share some kind of personal story, like, you know, share a little bit about myself and, you know, it's, you know, I, am not one, I'm not very, very closed, like close to the vest and, and that, but I think you open up and you, you, you share something personal about them and you talk about how excited you are to, to be with them for the year and the journey. And, um, you know, first thing like get to get to know their names and um you know commit their name to to memory because to me that's you know if you can if you call every student and you know every person by their name like that that's a big and important piece so you know it's it's open up to them find out their name find out something about them you know what a like dislike you know about the the class or expectation and uh you know then eventually eventually talk to you know about what it is that we're you know going to be working on and going on for the year but like that it's that social emotional piece right off the bat first. like you gotta you gotta build that and start that uh, before you dive into the, the curriculum
0: A- absolutely. And that, like you say, remembering the name is it just shows that you're authentic and you actually care. and because that I think that's that's the biggest human decency we can give each other. If I meet you um and you tell me your name and we meet the the very least I can do is remember your name. There's nothing. and there's also nothing probably more embarrassing to walk back up and talk to somebody like, I'm going to be honest. I totally forgot your name and I can't remember. Uh, I'm horrible with names, but it, but I definitely, you, you know, keeping that, um, and at the forefront of trying to do that is, is massive. Um, yeah, it's, any, um, it's important. Any, any tips that you've learned? Cause are, so you guys are, you guys at, at Pinkerton, you guys are, are distance learning as a fool, or is it given the option? Like some, like some districts.
1: So we're hybrid. So we've got, um, hybrid or families could have chosen to to be in remote to start the year uh, so we had a little bit of both so we'll have students on campus we actually will have uh, our orientation days um, the next two days so tomorrow we'll have freshmen and juniors come for two hours each at different times and then on friday sophomores and seniors and that to reorientate uh, the upperclassmen back to campus and in the new class to campus and that's so we'll have, you know, they'll be here, they'll be here for a couple of days every week at least. And then the other, you know, there are other times they'll be remotely, uh, you know, getting into their classroom and that. So it's a mix, which, we, which is different. I didn't, you know, with our, our faculty and staff and it's, it's new and it's challenging for them. So it's all, it's like, we're all brand new teachers this year.
0: Yeah. I tell you that's, um, you know, this is, it's, it, while it might not be your first year. It is your first year because you're, you're having to do something. You know, I, um, you know i i'm curious to see and and hear about cuz i think i think the world of education is definitely evolving um you know from university down um it won't look the same as it does right now 20 years from now right right and you know i think i think it's going to be interesting to hear some of the the tactics and things used by teachers because it's it's going to be you still want to make that social emotional connection with that student. And it's, and it's just difficult. It's, you know, this interview is going different than it would be if you and I were sitting in person, you know, feeding off each other's energy and body language and, um, tone and, you know, it's, it's just different. So I am, I am going to be, um, I am going to be curious of that. Um, so I normally wrap up with two personal questions that are random and we kind of just to kind of give some insight into you but also share some things with other teachers that might be helpful lastly before we get there is there anything that that you can think of that you would like to share about education or uh, something good something bad that you've learned that that helped you or whatever to the audience is listening i think
1: you know the as in education we're we're all learners so we're all continuing to learn and grow. And, you know, the current situation and pandemic that we're in has, has been challenging for everyone, but, you know, there are gonna be days where, you know, we're, we're much better than than we are on, on other days, but I think having some patience and, and being kind to each other and, and working through the different challenges. And, you know, the it, we all wanna be perfect. We all wanna teach that perfect lesson to have that perfect day every day. We gotta realize that it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen every day and, and that's okay. It's okay not to be perfect. It's it's how do we react and how do we what do we do next to get better? And you know, just like the same expectation, our students aren't gonna get hundreds on every test and every assessment. So what do we do to help them get better the next time around? And that it's gonna be the same thing for us. It's just we gotta keep trying to work and keep trying to get better. And you know, and there, there's so much you know, sorrow and, and and bad that's happened because of the pandemic. But one thing with education, one silver lining is it, it is it's changing and we're changing now that we wouldn't have changed for another five, 10 years or more. And that, and that, and that's a good thing. There's a lot of good changes that are occurring and I think it's going to make us stronger as, as an educational system, um, for our students in the future.
0: Well, and I think, I think too, um, so, um, my, my, my two that are still at the house that, that are school aged, um, they were given the option here where they're at. Um, and, and, and we were very open with getting their feedback and what they were comfortable with, because I'm very aware that, you know, kids can have anxiety about certain things and and we're, we're blessed in a situation to where, Hey, you know, we're in a public school, but they gave us that option. And, you know, if they want to stay home and work from home, you know, they can, they can do that. Um, because there's that toll of, well, man, what if this kid's coughing next to me and what, you know, that may hamper the learning as well, depending on the kid. And, and for me, I think, I think it's interesting because I, I mean, we all do this. I'm sure you do this as well. You strive every day to provide a better future in life for your kids than what you had. Right. And that's, right. you know, that's, I think that's the, that's the underlining motive behind every really good parent and dad that, 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 that that's what we're trying to do the ironic piece to that is I would never want my child to have to go through what I, I went through as a kid to kind of learn what I've learned. But through this whole pandemic thing, there have definitely been some pretty interesting teaching moments that in a controlled environment, I'm able to share and, and expose them to and allow them some free thinking and you know consequences and decisions and that they they would not have experienced just going and and doing the old world traditional sit in the classroom go to class and do that, right? Yep,
1: and no, it's, it definitely it definitely has given those those opportunities. And I think you hit it right on the note. Like you, if from your background of what you grew up and went through, well, you you definitely don't want your children to go through that. But you learned so much, and you are who you are because of that. So it's that it's that balance of how do you allow them the opportunities without having to live through that. But to get that experience and to be able to grow and and become like like you are, um, without I, having to live through.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I appreciate that because and and that's how I look at it. I, you know, I going through it and and to give some context, maybe for some teachers out there who, you know, are still struggling to understand and connect with that student who's had a, a rough childhood and rough upbringing, you know, internally there was a lot of time where I'm thinking, why me? Why, why do I have to go through this? I'm seeing these kids at school. I don't hear about these things. I don't hear about this. You know, my friend saying, you know, my friend's not going through these things and uh, I i actually can remember one time I had, a, I had a friend that I grew up with. His parents were both at home. Uh, you know, it was, I wanted to spend more time at their house than my own house And I can remember thinking, man, their life is perfect. And then there was an incident that happened one night uh, where his mom and him um, actually ended up at our house. Um, Mom was crying. There was a domestic issue that happened. I had no idea. Right. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. But those things are happening and as a kid. You're going through that. And you wonder, like, why me? I've now since learned that, you know, I was I was put through those things for a reason, because, you know, uh, God knew I was strong enough to be able to endure those things. And on the other end of it now, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with the ability to, to not have a fear of getting up in front of people and sharing my story and now be able to pass along those things and to connect and communicate and relate, you know, to all walks of life because it it does relate. Um, you know, there's some of those things happening in those kids that are homeless, you know, in their homes, and there's also some of those things that are happening uh, to the kids who live in million-dollar homes and, and and those things. So, right. um, how how many teachers do you guys actually have there at Pinkerton? Uh,
1: on our professional staff, we have um, it's like 280, 280, 285 or so. In um, that, and that's so that includes a you know a few um, you know between like school counselors and um, you know, case coordinators and, and such like that. So, um, we're just, we're wow. you know, just under 300 there,
0: man, you, uh, your, your day, your day is unique. I can, um, uh, I, I, I wouldn't suspect that there's any day that gets boring or, um, you know, not something, you know, having to repeat the same day over and over
1: again. Right. No, there's definitely no groundhog days. It's it's uh, <laughs> a new day, a new day and new adventures. And, and there's always something going on. And, you know, when you get free time, you know, a lot of times when the you know school's in session, that is just being able to walk around the different buildings and see the kids and, and the teachers in action and, and just marvel at what's going on in the classroom and, and what it is that they're doing. It's, you know, it's a, it's a great refreshing break to, to refocus.
0: All right. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot here with two personal questions. Um, one is uh, the first question is as a part A and part B. So part A is is what's your favorite sport? Ah, uh, football. So who's the professional team you root for? The New England Patriots. Oh,
1: oh man! <laughs> I grew up when I grew up in the New England Patriots. We had to go visit my grandparents on Sundays because they were blacked out. So there was you know the. The early um, '80s, they they it, were not good, and I'm gonna you say know. they
0: sucked back then, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> so, 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 I'll I, give you that. I'll give yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm a, I'm a Colts fan, so uh, okay. Uh, so, so you see you see my disdain for uh uh yeah. for, for who you root for. So I, I I started out a Peyton Manning fan and then uh, became uh, became a Colts, Colts fan. Place. So we we you and I both were blessed with some really good years and a good stretch of of seeing those guys both do what they did individually and then seeing them battle, right. um, you know, battle as competitors. So, yeah. um, so the last question before we go as an educator, I realize that you guys, sometimes you have to cover for somebody else. You have to miss your planning period. You have to miss your lunch. Something happens, all these different things. What is your go-to snack that you keep in the office? Go to snack.
1: Uh, it, it, I have usually like a, like a bag of almonds or, okay. or cashews or something like that. So just to, you know, like go around. the healthy
0: route. Okay. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Try to go the healthy route and, <laughs> and that. So, uh, okay.
0: All right. Quick, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's it. That, that's good. I've had, I've had stuff all across the board. I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had everything from cold pizza to, um, slim gyms to Swiss cake rolls to all kinds nice. of stuff. So, um, Listen, Dr. Powers, massively appreciate you coming on and and sharing your journey uh, you know, with me, but also with the audience. Um, I think it's I think there's some really big takeaways that I think a lot of people are gonna get from this, especially you as a leader um in education, is how you know how much you empower your people, um, the cult how much the culture matters uh, in what you do, and and really um, you know, the respect I think that you have and and it, and it comes out, it comes out in how you say things. So, um, the respect you have for both the students and your staff is, is massive. And, um, I think, I think there's no doubt anybody watching this won't agree that, um, you know, the world of education needs a lot more people like you. So, um, thank you for waking up every day and literally embodying, you know, what, you know, what we are here is accepting the challenges. Um, and, and I definitely appreciate your time.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, the opportunity and it was great talking to you and, and connecting in that. So I'm looking forward to other conversations and, and meeting other people. Cause I think we learn a lot from each other and uh, you know, it's exciting. Wake up every morning, excited to come to work and, and to, to work with uh, a, lot of, a lot of great people here. So,
0: well, that's uh, you guys, if I'm ever in New Hampshire, um, I'll, uh, I'll reach out to you and pop in because I'd love to, I'd love to see this, this miniature college campus that you guys, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going right now, as soon as we're done to go and log on online, because, um, I am, I am intrigued beyond belief that I want, I want to see this. Um, because I'm, I've seen, I've seen so many different campuses around the world from, you know, inner city in Shanghai to, you know, uh, you know, very, uh, financially well-off private schools in Australia and New Zealand and, and different things. And I'm, I'm just, it amazes me to see, you know, such stark differences in so many different things and how they do things. So, um, massive, massive thanks again to you. Um, wishing you and your staff and your students, um, a great start to the new year. I know it's different, but it sounds like they've got some great leadership in place to, to help guide these, um, uncharted waters, if you will. And, um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm a purple and gold guy who is my alma mater, but you know, we'll end it. Uh, you, you guys are, you guys are red and white. Is red that right? White. Yes. All right? So, so, so we'll, we'll end it. with we'll go red and white. And, and you guys have, uh you guys have a great school year.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank
0: you.